All right, fuck shit, cocksucker. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Low Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, back at it again. Before we get started, guys, thank you so much for the 100 subscribers. We hit. We finally fucking hit it all after a year of hard working, making this motherfucking podcast happen and getting all the hottest people over to the show. We fucking nailed it. And for those it. of you know, don't know, I finally have my own custom URL. Finally. My YouTube channel is no longer channel H71478H. You had it memorized? Had it memorized because I've been dealing with that battle for the whole fucking year, bro. Now it's officially the channel is the Lone Wolf Podcast because nobody has it but me. Let's go. Now we're going to get to the real shits, all right? Everybody, please say hello and welcome to one of my homies from school, from SAE. He's definitely killing it in the scene as a rapper, as a producer, as an engineer. Please say hello to Vivo from Los Brigados. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, I'm excited to be here, man. This is fun. I've been I'm wanting to do this. I'm excited for you to be here. So first things first, man. How are you, man? How's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. Um, you know, I got my own studio here, Paper Brigade Studios. Um, it's been getting a little bit more busy since, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything's starting to open yeah. up. And people are more comfortable coming through and recording. So studio's been busy. You know, the music's going well. I feel like uh, as an artist, we've been getting a lot of traction. I have a group called Los Brigados. It's me and one of my best friends. And, you know, things are going well with, uh, with the music as well. That's dope. Wait, so so that's actually your actual studio that you own it. Correct, correct. Damn, where's it located at? So people can actually hit you up and do other stuff. Hialeah, Florida. Yeah, rayo. Hialeah. Hialeah, baby. Hialeah, let's go. Let's go. Hialeah, baby. Hialeah is, is, is the most Miami you could get. <laughs> it's the, the whitest shit that you can say is Hialeah. It's like, no, bro, it's Hialeah. Like, like, no, bro. Hialeah. Hialeah. It's like, no. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I forgive you. You're not from around here. So I forgive you. It's okay. <laughs> you know what's up. You know what's up. You know what's up. So, man, first things first. Can you tell everybody what's your name, what you do, and what you're currently doing right now? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Vivo. I go by Turn Me Up Vivo on, uh, you know, all social medias. I am a studio owner. I am a recording mixing engineer. I am a producer. I'm an artist. I'm a songwriter. You know, kind of multifaceted. There's a lot of things I do. Mm. Um, you know, and for the most part, what I'm doing with this studio here is I'm kind of turning it into a multimedia company, you know, because we're able to produce all types of media, you know, so I'm getting into a lot of like uh, content creation. You know, I do a lot of that for myself and for my group. And, you know, I'm trying to use that as a portfolio to branch out and be able to do that for other artists, companies and, you know, things of that sort as well. That's pretty dope, man. So what's the you say that the name of the studio was uh, Paper Brigades, correct? Paper Brigade Studios, correct. So how many studio rooms does the studio itself has? Well, that's the funny part is Paper Brigade Studios, plural, but it's only one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of uh, I kind of did that, you know, with the hindsight of, mm. uh, you know, expanding. And, you know, I do have uh, the possibility of uh, creating another studio. So, mm. you know, when when business starts booming the way that I'm expecting it to, I'll, right. I'll be able to expand out and, you know, build another studio in the back as well. 
And how often do you actually get business from, from the studio itself? Like, do you actually get like very busy every weekly basis or something like that? Yeah, yeah. For the most part, like I said, it's been picking up since uh, since everything's been opening up since the pandemic, you know? Right. P- people are uh, looking to get back out there and recording and, you know, and if they're not recording here, I get a lot of, uh, you know, tracks sent over to me and I just mm. do the mixing, send it back. A lot of, you know, a lot of business is done over the internet anyways, you know, and I, I think more so now. And you get that very often right now. Like, I don't know, don't, after the pandemic, everybody decides, like, I want to be an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, especially during as well. So during during the pandemic, I was All getting right. a lot of, I feel like a lot of people got a lot of, uh, you know, got the motivation to get their own home studio mm. recording set up. So, mm. you know, they record and, you know, without the experience of being able to mix, you know, they're like, ah, oh, why can't it, why doesn't it sound this way? They send it over to me, man. I'll make you sound like a superstar. That's what's up. That's what's that's up. my job. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the title of us as Missy Engineers. We make sure you look good. Exactly. Exactly. Damn, bro. So how much you normally would charge with these mixing sessions and stuff? So my rate's uh, a flat $50 an hour. Mm. Um, you know, if you get if you get a package, uh, like if you're booking four hours, I knock off like $10 off the top. You know, you book eight hours, I knock like $30 or $40 off the top. Mm. You know, so... You know, I, I like to sit here for a good eight hours and just knock out a bunch of things. You know, I feel like a lot of people tend to just get the minimum of two hours. Right. You know, especially if they're inexperienced and they realize like you really can't get too much done within two hours because you're going to have to record your entire song in an hour. And then I only get an hour to mix. So you're really not getting, you know, the 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 Termia Vivo sauce right. if you're only giving me an hour to mix at the end of the session. You feel me? I agree. Like a lot of people don't realize that, you know, like they believe that because because of quote unquote, you know, like, oh, shit, $50. That's a lot of money for me paying for, you know, for a session. You know, I can do this right. at home and shit. But and then again, it's like, OK, you can definitely do that for a I've mentioned right. this before in my podcast, like, you know, it all, de- it all boils down to what you're trying to look for. You know, you def- if you if you can definitely make music in your room and convert your entire room into a studio proof room. It's possible. Save yourself some money. You don't need to go into the studios. But then there's the other con and into it is like you don't get the creativity out of it. You're basically coming, bringing, I'm not saying strangers as like it's a bad thing, but you know, you're, you're trying to bring people from different backgrounds coming over to your place. You know, like sometimes you want to be a little bit private. You don't need everybody to know. What how how your place looks like, where you live, you know that's right. also an issue of bringing people like visitors, like depending where you live. If you're on your mom's place, are they allowed to come in in your mom's place? Right. I, I mean the parking situation. If you live in an apartment, you know, are you right. bothering people in your neighborhood? You got you, you got to be quiet. You got neighbors yeah, in an apartment. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't be banging music. You know, but I'm in a commercial space. Um, you know, so even even though like all the businesses around me run till like you know. Nine to, nine to five p.m. Right. Um. The uh. I I really don't have an issue because I'm I'm pretty sure the the way that these units are built that there's like thick concrete between my mm. space and the office next door. So I haven't had any complaints even when I'm you know recording and mixing during the day. So you know that that type of freedom because I used to I used to take clients at at my apartment. You know mm. I've been I've been a, a recording and mixing engineer since for like over 10 years at this point right. and you know i worked at different studios and i would take personal clients at my apartment 
you know, mm -hmm. or even back when I was living with my parents, you know, I would take clients there too. And, you know, there's a lot of limitations when it comes to that. And I was actually going to get into that part. Like it, it becomes a little bit limited to yeah. when you're when you're doing stuff inside your own space versus that you can actually use, save out some of that money and go to an actual studio and actually can do all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes you can even let's say like you give the eight hour package, you're stuck throughout the entire day in the studio that maybe in that the whole day saves you like five, ten sessions. Yeah. That, and you can knock it off that one day. Maybe you can actually like do that one song that you want it in that one day, mix and master. And it's like, all right, we're ready to go. Let's go. Let's just Absolutely. market and shit. So that actually makes much more sense in this stuff. Absolutely. And you and you know what it is when you're in the studio and you have this momentum. Yeah. You, you know, you 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 catch a vibe and it's like, you know what? Let's let's milk this. Let's let's milk this feeling that I have right now. Absolutely. And try to get the best work, best quality work and the most work that we can possibly get done within this a lot of time. See, that's how I feel most of the time as well. When it comes to, when I'm working with people and especially in my podcast, like that, I don't want people to feel like there's a time limitation to when we're doing stuff. Like, no, no, no. Like if you're feeling it, just like keep it rolling, keep it rolling. Like right. until until both of us are tired. I was like, yo, I'm I, I'm fried. Like, let's call it a day. It's like, all right, cool. But if you're like you said. If you actually feel it and and the milk is keep going, like don't stop, bro. Like that, because at the at the long run, it'll be mu highly much more beneficial than coming. Let's say an hour or two of session, and then shit, I gotta come back next week for an hour yeah. or two, and then and so on and so on, and then you'll yeah. be like, it didn't feel the same energy as the first time. The second or time didn't feel it, and the third time I probably came back again but then like we had to rewrite it again or reshoot it right oh, and, and then you know you you, you book that minimum for two hours and you feel like okay i got two hours i got to get it done uh, you know and you're not music is a vibe man you know this yeah like, if, if you're if you're if you're truly you know a, a musician an artist you understand that that music is a feeling it's a vibe you know and if you don't like that's why it's like you know a lot of people like to come into the studio and drink you know, that's mm -hmm. their vice. If you come into the studio and smoke weed, that that's, that's your vice. Your you do you do other drugs, that's cool too. Whatever, man. Do you. But if it but only if it puts you into that mode, into that feeling, into that vibe. That creative where, mind, you know? That creative state of mind. Exactly, yeah. bro. It's yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Because uh, music itself is timeless. You know, yes. like you just need to have the the right execution out of it. Because we yes. we hey, let me tell you, we can write the the worst song ever but if we make the execution right the song yes. is a banger you know yeah so there's a lot of songs a lot yeah. of songs you listen to and you're like these lyrics are terrible but i love this song right it's a feeling man right basically and 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 we do it purposely because of that reason because if you give us the right time and you and you put in the effort like it's yeah. all gonna pay off in, in eventually for the long yeah, run bro. absolutely you know it's all about that vibe, you know, and I, I, I could say that, you know, the the number one thing, the number one feedback that I get, you know, from a lot of my clients and artists that mm -hmm. I work with and producers that I work with is that this studio has a great vibe to it. And I pay a lot of attention to that because it's important to me, first of all, you know, but I also want to make sure that, you know, when you come in here, you feel good, man. I got I got the I got the cool 
uh, spotlights in the back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I got I got a TV right here, right above, and I'll I'll just play movies with the right. with the sound off. You know, I'll play anime, whatever, whatever your vibe is. Sometimes I just go on YouTube and they got videos of uh, of a drone going through Puerto Rico and it's fucking yeah. beautiful and it just puts you in the right mode to create like a Caribbean style song or, you know, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Shout out to our island, Puerto Rico, man. De la PR, de baby. Rico, pa que tú lo sepa, papá. Pa que tú lo sepa. Man, listen, I've been, I've been doing, I've been uh, uh, recording and mixing for an artist. His name is Yasin. Mm. And he's a uh, Puerto Rican reggaeton artist. And mm. he is st- stupid talented, you know, very charismatic. And I've been, you know, working with him for like the past two years now. And right. Things are, and things are really starting to take off for him at this point. And I could tell you that being somebody who I grew up on hip hop, man, I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. listening to hip hop, studying hip hop, being a student of the game to then being, you know, a rapper myself and producing and recording and mixing mostly within that genre. And, uh, and I could tell you that I just started work. Like I said, I started working with him about two, three years ago. Mm. And it's opened my mind. It's opened my eyes up and my mind up to, to reggaeton in general. Not to say I never really? liked it, you know, but I could say you, you've seen the way that it's made a comeback within the past few years. The way that it was popping yeah. back in what, 2004, yeah. 2005, it was popping, popping. And then it kind of died out because it all kind of sounded the same at a, cer- at a certain point. I'll, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and and there's no hate when I say that because you can agree with it. But it, I feel like the genre itself revitalized itself, mm. and you know, th- there's there's a lot of artists I can name that did that. You know, a lot of artists that now like my Spanish isn't great, but it's gotten a lot better because now I listen to a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> the irony on that one, huh? <laughs> right. You know, and my dog Yasin, you know, he. Uh, he comes in, he records a song, and I mm-hmm. tell him, like, yo, send me the lyrics so I can read the lyrics. I, I, I understand Spanish better when I read and write it, mm. you know? So so when I'm listening back to his music and I'm reading along with it, I'm like, ah, okay, you got bars, my dude. Like, like he he's he's a spitter, bro, and he's a ah, great damn. singer on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Does he does he speak English or just mainly oh, Spanish? Yeah. Oh, speaks, yeah? Yeah, perfect English. Yeah, he's lived in... Uh, he he was born and raised in, in PR, and I believe mm. he's been here in the states for psh, at least ten years, something like that. Oh, that's dope! Almost almost like give me, or, give or take, yeah, something like that. That's dope. So, yeah, well, I'll be happy to have him over the show, man, and give him a, a spotlight out of it, man. Oh, for sure, bro. He will love that. He will love that. I'll, right. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll I'll connect you guys, man. I'll make that happen. Oh, for sure, and especially. Especially he and I have a lot of common. Well, besides the fact that we're both Puerto Ricans, but we both um were born and raised in the island, and right. we both actually seen the island at its best and at its worst, and especially in the music scene. Just like you said, at once a certain time in life, reggaeton was popping. I think like yeah. as when Daddy Yankee hit the the gasolina track, I think that's what put reggaeton into the map. Some yeah, may, was- some may argue that it was Don Omar. I'm not I'm not gonna knock that down because Don Omar is a legend and it still is and he has put it out there. But the thing is, his music reached out on a international level. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty. Uh, if we look up the facts, uh, Gasolina was probably the first like Billboard topping uh, uh, the f- reggaeton worldwide track. Worldwide, shit, bro. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah. 
Not international, not only the South America and Central America. No, no, no. Worldwide. We're talking about right. going Europe, Asia, right? Um, all of the Amer- Americas, everywhere. Everywhere was hitting the gasoline. Like you t- non-Spanish, non-Spanish speaking countries were singing Dame Ma Gasolina. Dame Ma Gasolina. Like it, it, it yeah. was it was literally a hit. And I believe that that's when fucking um Daddy Yankee put reggaeton on the map and when people sure. start seeing that they start capitalizing that's where the you got your Wisin Yandels capitalizing right. that momentum as well right. and then you got your other people that the up and comers that at the time where there were up and comers I was in high school Joel y Randy Arcángel y de la Ghetto um, Farruko Jakey Maximan I'm naming a lot a, a lot of old school guys that they're still they're still at it to this point you know right right Jay Balvin Nikki wasn't, Jam. yeah, Nicky Jam, like before, this was before Jay Balvin and all these other guys that they're, mm-hmm. that they're blowing up. It's because of right. these OGs that their success is right now where it is because right. they put reggaeton into the map and you're and you right. Named, and you named all Puerto Rican artists. All right? of them. All of if them. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think, so- I think Nicky Jam was probably the only one I could be wrong. Somebody can fact check me if I'm wrong. Right, if I'm Nicky wrong. Jam. Nicky Jam's Puerto Rican. It is? Yeah, yeah, he's Puerto Rican. He he uh he came he came up and grew up with uh Daddy Yankee. Remember they came out I, with all those songs? I know, I know they were together as uh before when the, when Daddy Yankee was Winchester and Nicky Jam, I think it was the same name, and they did their songs in, in New York. But I, I don't know who who was I don't I don't even remember, but I someone once told me, like, yeah, he's Colombian, but he grew up in Puerto Rico. And I'm like, hmm. Like, that's okay, weird that, because that might be uh, yeah, that, that that might be it, but I don't know. Somebody can fact check me, you know. I'm not taking no ill. Nicky Jam is a boy, you know. But right. as far as I know, I I've listened to Nicky Jam my whole life, and he's always been living in Puerto Rico and singing in Puerto Rico. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that the age where reggaeton literally not died, but just like tone it down in the in the charts was probably when my first year of college in back in 08 or 09, because it okay. was at that time. Get this. Get this. It was at that time I was getting tired of listening to reggaeton, man, mm. because it, it was what you said. It was becoming very monotonous. Everybody right. was starting to sound the same. Everybody was just like. Going with the same flow and shit. I'm like, bro, we're like, like, can we get something new? Like, don't, don't you give me that whole same flow shit. And then that's where I started to switch on to to the ADN scene, you know? Okay. And then that that's where I stay. That's where I am right now. And that's where years later, I moved down to Miami to go to SAE. And I met you. I met a bunch of other guys. And then all of a sudden, I remembered that was... That year or so, Spanish trap was starting to hit. Right. And that's that's what started to get me interested again, because I'm over here like, you know, before it, every reggaeton song was just it was pop. Yeah, it, it was all the same. But besides that, it was all trying to be pop. Yeah. And then and then you started to get that Spanish trap. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, I'll, I'll tell you what, Bad Bunny was the first one where I was like, OK, Spanish cats can rap, you know, Bad Bunny, Soy Peor. Became one of my favorite fucking oh. songs. And I didn't listen to Spanish music for the longest time. And then Soy Peor came out and I was bumping that heavy, dude. I love that song still. Any, I don't know. Again, anybody can fact check me. But was Bad Bunny one of the first artists to actually go with the whole Spanish trap movement? Or was there someone else that you were aware of? I, I mean, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't really know. T- I, I never really delved that in, that deep into me it. But, but I can tell you that he was he's probably the one that brought the spotlight to it. Yeah. 
for sure. I'll you give know, it that, the credit to be one of the pioneers, though. Yeah, because it was, you know, like right after I heard Soy Peor, I started to discover Arcangel, mm -hmm. Anuel, you know, all these cats like soon, soon after. So they had to have already been doing it as well. And, you know, I think Soy Peor was the track that like yeah, that really. They, yeah, that they jump yeah. over that train. Yeah, because Arcangel yeah. was it was it wasn't in the game for a while. But, you know, it, it never then nobody took him down. It's just like he wasn't he. He is not as big as Daddy Yankees, the Wisin e. Yandels, the right. the Doro Mars, the the Bad Bunnies. Like he was never that big. He was big, but he was right. not superstar big. Right. And I right. think that when Bad Bunny started with the whole Spanish trap, he started to jump in and then start getting more notoriety out of it. And Anuel yeah. was was the same. Anuel wasn't that good at at reggaeton either. He got he had like hits here and there, but it was right. just like whatever I mean, until we, he went. Spanish trap all over and then it's like holy shit what the hell is this guy shooting these fire bars like whoa yeah yeah I mean if we keep it real like Arcangel and Anuel can't really sing no you know yeah they, they can't really <laughs> no. sing but they're but they're both great writers they're, yeah yeah they're spitters they're they're rappers you know what I'm saying they got bars so like you know they like Arcangel doesn't really sing but he does melodize uh, like he, he does harmonize nicely, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just the way that he writes and his flows is crazy. So I think that, you know, that's probably why he's more of like an underground legend. And I'd, well, I saw him being the same thing, but all of a sudden, like you said, he, he shot up and became a superstar. Yeah. Especially as soon as they started with that whole Spanish trap vibe, everybody started to jump it in that wagon, man. And I'm like, yeah. I can't blame them. I mean, if it's popping, bro, like don't go against it. Just go with the flow. Just like get yourself known as well. And, you know, I mean, how many Spanish artists do you know now because because of that one movement that happened? Oh yeah, for sure, bro. For sure. That's that's uh that's what like I said, that's that's that era which I want to say is probably like uh 2016. Yeah, yeah. Right, right around there yeah. is when is when I really started to open up my eyes and like I never I never thought that these Spanish cats can rap, mm -hmm. you know? And then all of a sudden I'm like, "All right, they can rap." Like they I feel like they caught up to uh to American hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, in that sense, me, uh, you know, I'm a lyricist at heart. So lyrics play an important part, but I'm also a musician. I'm a producer. So it's not all about the lyrics, but like lyrics are very important to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you on that. Like for me, you got to have a good bars. You got to have you. the writing has to be on point. The lyrics have to punch, you know, like, yes, like my favorite, my favorite lyricist up to this point. And maybe, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it, it made yours and maybe somewhere else. But it's, to this day, it's still Eminem. Like, okay. I grew up with Eminem yeah. as, as and the whole G Unit squad. And to this day, bro, like I can still listen to Eminem and any of the albums. It could be the worst Eminem album. It could be the best. And I still listen to it because holy shit, like it's the lyrics that 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 like drives me, you know? My right. fiance, she loves um Eminem too, but she likes more Eminem as like the as Slim Shetty, the the pop star, you know? Right. But not the rapper per se. Like she likes a few rap songs from Eminem, but she not like the hits. Yeah, the hits. Not like yeah. I love like the real lyrical shit that that whole direct and then indirect subliminal messages that he says and does like that. You got to think what he said. I was like, oh, shit, that was very that was very clever of him on his part for say like, oh, yeah, that was a hit to this guy to so and so. Yeah. He's like, definitely got the he's definitely got the type of lines that like it could this could have been your favorite song you've heard it a hundred times and you're like oh shit I just got that yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Not too long ago, I, I realized the whole lyric of Lil Wayne's um jump oh, man, I, the a Millie. The okay. Millie track. So, well, great, great fire. song. It's a yeah. fire, 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 fire. Yeah. And I, amazing story. It's a freestyle. And the fact that he can repeat that freestyle again, I was just like, whoa. It was yeah. just not too long ago that I remember there was a line that that was saying about goons. He say like Gucci, okay, Gucci, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? Yeah. So he says it's like, all right, bet you're you're the hot shit, but what's a hot shit next to the god? You know, next yeah. to next to somebody who's like bigger than you. Like you're yeah. you're nothing. You're just a minion. You're just yeah. a nobody. I just realized that not too long ago about that lyrics and it and it, it's it, it's been in my head the whole time. It's like, okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? You know, what are, what are, what are you next to me? Like, what's up with that? Dude, I could talk about Wayne all day. Definitely, you know, one of my top two, top three favorite rappers mm. of all time. You know, I put Eminem up there as well. But, you know, in all honesty, for me, mm. there, there's there's a cutoff point for Eminem, you know, and I wish yeah. I still I wish I still liked him. Problem is, I just don't like his music anymore. Him as a rapper, as a writer, he he is at a level that I feel like he's only competing with himself. You know, nobody can write yeah. the way that he yeah. does. Yeah. And and he continue he continues to prove that. In my opinion, I feel like, you know, if he if he stepped back a little bit from tr from writing to that extent, you know, he he writes like on on like he's on five Adderolls at a time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like he's on a limitless pill. Yeah. So, so I feel like if you step back and, you know, concentrated more on the music, you know, not to say the music isn't good, man. I just feel like there was there was a cutoff point for me where it's like I loved Eminem and he was hands down the best rapper ever. Like, I think Recovery was like the last album that mm. I really, really enjoyed from him. And I loved Relapse as well. And there's like a lot of hate on that album Relapse. I don't know if you remember that one. No, I remember that one very okay. well. And yeah, I remember the hate. There's a lot of hate on that album. The Marshall Mavers 2 wasn't like Marshall well. Mavers. Yeah, I like that one too as well. Uh, I like it too, but it wasn't well received. Yes, yes. I could say like from that album, there's probably like four or five songs that I can that I can fuck with. The rest is just like, eh. It, it feels like a lot of filler. Yeah. yeah. After, and that's how I feel about a lot of his albums. After that one, which one was it? The one that I did with Beyonce, which is the one that everybody hated. Oh, yeah. yeah you remember that one, the yeah. one with Walk on Water shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what that album was called, I, bro. But he lost me there, too. Yeah, he lost me there, too. And it, it, yeah. I was just like, kind of like, damn, bro. I, I expected it more from you. And everybody was shitting on it. But I was like, I can't disagree on that fact. But then when the following year, when he hit with the kamikaze album the surprise album that nobody knew right oh my god redemption redemption yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i can agree with that yeah that, I, I didn't i didn't love the album myself but i also have no hate towards it you know mm. it's just like i said i i just feel like though they just got to a point where i just didn't enjoy eminem the same way that i used to and mm. i feel like he got caught in this cycle of competing with himself rather than yeah. you know focusing on making entertaining music I think I think that was the uh, the problem that he's facing right now is the fact that nobody can compete with him, especially yeah. if you're gonna go one on one with him. Like you're gonna get crushed. It don't matter. Like, uh, uh, yeah, every every like top lyricist in the game will still say, you know, and I, you know, they might not listen to his new music, you know, but at the end of the day, he's an international pop star. So yeah. if he's 
if he's not popping in, in the U.S., he's popping in every other fucking country. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even matter if 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 the U.S. is not playing his music because he's he's loved in Europe. He's, you in know, Japan, like, Japan loves the, the yeah. U.S. American hip hop, bro. They, oh, yeah, they're yeah, so into sure. that, bro. Have you heard? Have you heard Japanese rap, bro? It's hard, dude. It, that shit goes like. Oh, yeah. it takes it, it, me back in the days when I when I fell in love into hip hop. You know, back in those days with G Unit, and then you got the the West Side and we East Side Beef Coast shit. Oof. Right, it Oof. took me back when I started listening to some of these um, Japanese hip hop. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And these guys are like, they. I love it that the majority of these rappers in Japan, like they spit bars in English, so you can actually understand what the fuck they say, and they go bar to bar with the beat and you go like oh nasty bro i definitely want to go to japan oh man that's at the top of my list i agree yeah. with you bro i like I, I definitely you know i want to travel a lot more it's always been it's always been one of my main goals man mm -hmm. you know i'm not i'm not the type of person that you know i'm trying to get i'm trying to get the ferrari and you mm -hmm. know i'm not really i'm not really into cars you know and if that's your thing and that that's your goal that's and that's what you accomplish and aspire to pfft, do it. You know what I'm saying? I have I have no problem with people being uh, superficial in that sense, man. Right. You know, as as long as as long as you're still paying your bills, but it's a goal for you to buy that car, to buy that chain, whatever it is, and you make it happen. Good for you, man. I'm, you know, I'm all about that. But for me, I want to travel, dude. And I'm hoping mm -hmm. that music. I'm not hoping. I know that it will. It, it's there you it, go. There you go. That's the mentality. That's the mentality yeah. right there. The direction that I'm going right now, man, I just know that music is going to take me around the world. And, you know, one of those spots, like, I don't want to pay to go to these places. I want to get paid to go yes, to these places. Yes, exactly. No, I'm with you with that, bro. And it's funny that you say that because today I was actually listening to Adam 22 and the No Jumper. And he was, okay. he had um, um Sharp and going against um Blue Jasmine. That uh, I don't know who that is, but. but oh, okay. you haven't heard that Blue Jasmine shit? Nah, oh, nah. bro, just type in Blue Jasmine on YouTube and you're going to find videos of her and people reacting about it and saying like, what the fuck is wrong with this chick? Blue Jasmine. I feel like if I Google that, it's going to be some <laughs> shit like two girls, one cup. Like you're tricking me. <laughs> That's why I say YouTube. YouTube. Don't <laughs> no, but it, it's interesting because this guy Sharp was literally teaching her because she was like, she was thinking short term. And I think that was one of the problems with some of these chicks and only fan girls and other chicks that they want the, the money now, the fast money, the, the money that, you know, oh, I got a cell phone. I got a car. I got a condo, right. you know, right, yada, right. yada, yada. They want the material. It's stuck. What right. they don't see is that's not going to last long. Right. What you need is business. You need business for you to last long you know right right and this guy investments yeah, yeah investment and this guy was telling her like yo people who talk about cars and materialistic shit they don't last long you're not gonna be in the same levels i am or other rich other people you know right. what level i am i'm in the level of let's talk business right what can you get me how do i make money how right. do you make money? You know, right. how, do, how many properties you got? How many properties do I need to get to buy this? Okay, let's do this. Let's, let's invest on it. Let's get some moolah behind this. You know, shit let's, like that. You let's just, talk about past. Let's talk about passive income, man. You know? Yeah, what, bro. We can't have that, you know, 
fast cash ship, you know, because if you if you feel like you're going to get that fast cash ship, make sure that you're smart enough to do some small investments or get some into properties yeah. or shit like that. So that way, when the fast cash money runs out, dries it, out. Yeah, it, it will. Yeah. You at least have some sort of a backup. Right. You know, to to pick yourself up because yeah, yeah. because once the money is dry, it's dry. You can't can't bounce mm-hmm. back. I mean, I mean, they say that, you know, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. You know, you can't have seven jobs. That's not possible. That's, inter- you know that's what I'm impossible. Saying? Yeah. You, you you may have two jobs, three if yeah. you're fucking not sleeping at all. Yeah. And that's, you know? and that's but, overkill at that point. Yeah. And the, but the goal is, you know, and every successful person would tell you the goal is, is to be able to literally make money while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Make, your, make your money work for you. Yeah, you might be stacking up all this cash, but if it's just cash that's just sitting there and not growing exponentially, mm-hmm. it's going to get spent at some point. You know, money's uh, uh, another a friend of mine told me that money, it's always stuck with me. He said money saved might as well be money spent. Mm. Don't say that in the sense of like saving money, having a savings account. Uh-huh. What is that really doing for you other than you saying, OK, I'm not going to spend it right now, but eventually I'm going to spend it, you know, Mm. what you should be doing is making your money work for you, you know, invest it into something that, you know, is going to grow or that you hope is going to grow. But it's it's worth it because like, look, man, if I had, you know, twenty thousand dollars in a savings account, Mm. eventually it's going to start depleting. You've done it before. I've I've Mm -hmm. done it my whole life. I'm like, damn, I stacked like during the pandemic. You know, I, I was blessed and I picked up a job where I stacked more money than I ever did. You know, and there was a certain point that I was like, all right, I've never had this much money before and I've always survived without it. I've always figured out how to make a dollar. I've always figured out how to pay my bills. So what I need to do instead of just having this here because it looks good. And sometimes you're like, ah, you know, you see that number on the screen. You're like, you know, what is it if I take a thousand dollars out right now and I go, you know, I, I, I go fucking to the club tonight or whatever it might be. Right. Mm. But if you if you take that money and you with the intention of growing it without having to work. So you're working and you're making your solid income every month. And you were expecting that thousand dollars that you took out to grow to $3,000 in a a few months, six months, a year. You know what I'm saying? That's money working for itself. So now you have two sources of income with still one job. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And you're supposed to have seven because if five of those dry up if five of those streams of income dry up you still got two you know you focus on those two and then you figure out another five or you know what i'm saying like it's oh you oh you have to have multiple sources of income so you always got money coming in so you never get to catch yourself in a spot which you know it i'm sure you've been because i've been you catch yourself in a spot where you're like fuck what am i going to do to pay my bills i might get kicked out of my apartment next month because i literally don't have the money right now but then, you know, if you hustle, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. If you're lazy, you don't. And that's what it is. Straight it- up. Straight up, bro. And you basically hit the nail in the coffin on that part, man, bro. And, and it's very interesting the way you mentioned it. It's like, you know, a millionaire who who's a millionaire has seven strings of, of income, you know. And if five of them dries out, you still got the other two. So you're still a millionaire because you're still making millions out of the other two. And right. then... You you keep re reinvesting, reinvest. You know, the, yeah. I I've always have that same mentality. I was like, all right, if I'm gonna invest in myself, I need to make sure that I gain that investment back. You know, and so and so, and it's, so if I'm right. gonna be doing this 
to other stuff. Like if I want to get a property, I want to make sure that I get the property that I'm going to get that money back within the year and then some more and interest and stuff right now, you know? Yes. And there's a, yes. there's a lot of opportunities out there for a lot of people, you know? And it, it doesn't, you don't have to be, that's another thing. You don't have to be rich to invest. Right. You just, especially nowadays, you know, you, if you, if you, <laughs> I just saw some shit that if you put your stimulus check into uh, Bitcoin, mm. when we, when we first received that first stimulus check today, right. that $1,200 would have been $11,000. You know how upset I am? Holy shit. You know how upset I am? Cause I don't even know what I spent that 1200 on. I didn't need, I didn't even need to spend it. I should have immediately. And I had plenty of intelligent successful people around me telling telling me to do just that like yo mm. you never had that money you never needed that money put it into bitcoin damn and obviously there's a lot of different other you know altcoins and cryptos that mm. you know are, are making people fucking millionaires you know i got i got friends that i'm like you know like overnight they're 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 showing me their statements and i'm like i'm sitting here like what am i doing why am I not? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you feel like you missed the you missed the train, but yeah. you, you never miss the train, man. You know, it's never too late to start studying and learning and figuring out where to put your money. If it takes that much energy to make money, then it's you only have a certain amount of energy and time in a day to make money. So you gotta let your money make money. Basically, basically. But you just have to like find the right things for you to invest. And and secure yourself because most of the time Absolutely. it's a gamble. Most of the time it, it's a gamble because you don't know whether you're you're gaining this or you're taking your loss out of this. You know, for sure, it's a it's a gamble. You know, but 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 if, if it's you, money, if it's money that you never needed, if you look at it like, all right, if I put this in a savings account, it's just eventually gonna get it spent on some shit that I didn't need. Mm. You know, you might as well. Get, I'm I'm getting more into gambling. I was never a gambler before, but I had another friend. Now that you bring that up, mm. I had another friend named Stevie. He told me, uh, because he was like, hey, uh, you know, slide with me to the to the casino. You know, I was like, I was like, ah, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not really a gambler. You know, I asked him like, what do you play? He's like, ah, I play blackjack and I play roulette. He's like, and I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm good, man. Like, I don't, I gamble. Like, I literally, I never gone to a casino and gamble before. It's not my thing. He's like, he's like, yeah, you are a gambler. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you started a business, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know how, you know what the percentage of businesses that fail? I'm like, no, but I'm sure it's pretty high. He's like, he's like, starting a business is a gamble in itself. You're a gambler. You took a risk. You take risks on yourself oh. all the time. He's like, he's like, He's like, you know, people win the lottery, right? He's like, why would you not put one dollar down to possibly win three hundred million? Damn. You know, like he's like that dollar you would have spent on some a fucking pack of gum. And how long is that pack of gum gonna last you? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you compare it to that, they're like, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So he told me that he's like, you are, he's like you are a gambler, and if you're not, he's like then then he's like in all in all honesty, bro, you're a loser. You're not, you're, he's like, you have to take risks in this life. They say you only get rewarded for risk, right? Every risk has reward. Right. So if you're taking calculated risks, he's mm. like, that's what I do. He's like, I learned how to play these games very well. So I'm taking calculated risks when I play roulette. I'm taking calculated risks when I play blackjack. He's like, I don't go there and 
fucking take out a, a second mortgage and gamble with that money. He's like, that's an addict. That's the same guy that's on the street fucking, you know, who's addicted to heroin. It's the same fucking, literally, it lights up the same part of your brain mm-hmm. when you're addicted. It doesn't matter what you're addicted to, right? He's like, that's a problem. He's like, but if you're taking calculated risks, the same way that you took a calculated risk opening up your own business, that's just a chance for you to win or to put yourself in a better position than you were before. He's like, because he's like, he's like, tell me if you want a million dollars right now, overnight playing blackjack, what would you do with that million? Would you go crazy spending it? I'm like, nah, I know exactly what I would do with that million for sure. I know how much I would put away, how much I would invest and how much mm-hmm. I would use to grow this studio. You know, how much I put behind marketing campaigns for my music, you know, how many different things that I would do with that money. You feel me? So he told me that I was like, and it kind of flipped my whole mind as far as what gambling really means. Calculated risks. I mean, it's a kind of fucked up way to tell you that you're a loser uh, for you to get get into gambling with a blackjack. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But, you know, those are the kind of friends you need, man. I feel like I'm that kind of friend. I'm the type of friend that I will roast you on things that I want you to change about yourself. And you I know. Yeah. And always appreciate that, bro, because those are like the actual true friends that will definitely yes. guide you through the best times of your lives. You know, it's yeah, because- man. I, I mean, true friends tell the truth. Right. Straight up, bro. There's no holding back in all that. Yeah. That's why I keep my circle very, 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 very circle, you know, very, like very this. tight, very tight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Keep your circle, keep your circle tight, but always expand at the same time, you know, and by I think keep your circle tight. I think people get the wrong conception of it. You mm-hmm. know, I think I think they think that means like, OK, I'm only going to have three friends. No, no. Yeah, that that's a, that's a, a very bad uh, misunderstanding, you know. Yeah. And, and and yeah, when it becomes when you say keep your circle tight, it means like keep your brothers who you trust a lot, you know, and then help each other right. out right near you know? your presence all the time throughout your entire life, you know? Right. That's it means the- put it means only put your trust in 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 those few people that you know deserve it. Exactly. You know? That they they that they fuck with you, that they respect you, you know, that they help you. In, right. That they're with you from when in the good times and in the bad times, you know. Absolutely. Those are that's what the what it means. Like obviously there's no that's not a bad thing to say like yo make a um thousand friends. Like go for it, bro. If you got a thousand friends that can help you progress in life or just you know work together on some stuff like why not? There's Definitely, nothing wrong man. about that. Hey, I mean, shit, you gotta have to do that when when you're networking out there. You know, when you try to when you're new in the game and you're trying to to get to get get yourself put into the music industry, you need to network. Networking 100%. basically, they, people when they when they hear the word network, it's like, oh, you know, we're gonna do business with so and so in person. I'm like, yes and no. Network meaning is that yes, you're getting in touch with powerful people or people with power or people who has lots of networking or people that- in a po- or people in a position or people with opportunities right. that you wouldn't have. Unless you knew them. Exactly. Now, what you do with these people is that you don't you don't go ahead and straight forward and just like ask for business. You know, that, that, yeah, let's right. let's let's make a business. Like, like no, no, that's right. actually a bad way to approach that. The best way to approach it is being a friend. Establish right. a relationship. relationship. With, yes. Boom. Yes. 
Because I did, an relationship. I did an episode about this, about establishing a business relationship, um, what not to do on a business relationship. Now, I'll do another one. Uh, how do you approach people when it comes to establishing a relationship with someone? Because that's how right. you make business, you know? Right. You become friends, you know? You hook up with each other, you know? He does a few favors for you. You do a few favors for them. You know, right. we, we work together. We'll do right. stuff together. Eventually, when shit picks up and we'll start to grow, you see like, holy shit, my business is booming, man. Offense yeah. to you. All because, you know, we became friends in essential. We became friends. And that's what it is. Establishing a relationship with someone. It's not about all the time making a business. It's not all the time, bro. Sometimes you got to put that little bit of humanity in you. Yes. Into someone. And I, I think I think that's, um you know, I, I think it does come down to like, you know, two different types of people or two different types of approaches, mm -hmm. you know, to networking. There's the people that are like, you know, uh, yo, you know, I'm, yeah, sure, yeah, you yo. I'm sure you get it. Yo, uh, you know, like I, I'm I'm so and so. And, you know, I, let's 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 take it. You know, let's talk about the music industry. Right. It's yeah. like, I'm so and so and I'm a rapper. And, you know, like. Look, bro, I'm going to be big. So, like, you know, if you if you give me free studio time, you yeah. hook me up with some free beats, bro, I'm going to put you on when I'm on. And I'm and I'm over here like if your first approach was to ask for things from me. Yeah. Why would I ever expect that you're going to help me in the future? And second of all, that's me betting or thinking that you're going to be successful. But in reality, those people are either just looking for a free handout or are mm -hmm. delusional are delusional enough to mm -hmm. think that they really are going to be this big when like, you got when they don't bring nothing to the table. Yes. And and that's what uh networking and that's the second person now. The second person is the person that is not asking for things but is literally telling you this is what I bring to the table. And that's the most important thing when you're networking. You you build a if you want to build a relationship strictly on business, make sure that you bring something to the, to the table. table. Yeah. And you offer that, you know, because I I offer a lot of favors, bro. Mm. I do a lot of things for people for free, you know, without, you know, the expecting anything. Yeah, yeah, without expecting it, because at the end of the day, if they pay me back somehow in the future, great. If they don't, the universe will. Fucking right, bro. You fucking hit the nail in the coffin in this one. That's two. Like, mm. holy shit, bro. And. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this fucking podcast and is watching, see what I'm talking about? Because believe Vivo, I've been preaching some of this shit all the time in my podcast. And I get I get a lot of people who like see me. I'm like, yo, that's facts. That's facts. What Wilson said. And then you got that small little people that talk the loudest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're the ones. Exactly. They're, they're the, those are the loudest. Yo, Wilson, man, you're wrong at that, bro. That's conspiracy. Uh, yo, Wilson's talking conspiracy theories, man. You don't know. Wilson didn't make it. He didn't make it in the EDNC. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yo, like, and, you're and crazy. See, I'm like, oh, OK, I'm I'm crazy. Right. I'm right. crazy. Right. It's like, yo, you don't have to have a, you know, a, a enormous amount of success to be able to preach mm -hmm. how to properly, properly live as a human being and how to properly conduct business. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, is like you, you see those little wins, those little successes yes. in your life, you know, that other people don't, you know, so you you're like, OK, I got this. I got this win because I applied this knowledge, you know, so. You are the type of person that likes to 
give away that knowledge because it's not going to hurt you to teach somebody how to be better at life. It does not. I do it for pleasure. It's for it's free. Not- like you guys can just follow me on YouTube for free. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for tutoring sessions or business sessions or anything. It's free knowledge. Free knowledge. And, I'm and literally why? giving free knowledge to the public, to everybody. I'm audio version, I'm video version, whichever version you want. And even I will say like, yo, if you guys want to have a feedback session about music, fucking send it over to my emails. I'll, I'll give you a live feedback of it for free. I'm not That's asking cool. for, for collaboration. I'm not asking for to pay me $1,200 for any shit. Like, no, I'm giving this knowledge for free because this is... So I had a, I had a mentor... Uh, the first studio that I interned at was called Black Shadow. Mm. And uh, the uh, the owner was a producer named Troyton Ramy. And uh, Troyton is like a super successful producer in the uh, dance hall uh, Caribbean scene. Yeah. Jamaican dude with amazing values and amazing wisdom that, you know, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't have asked for more from a mentor at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. I was 19 when I first started interning at his studio. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came in as a recording engineer, just tracking records for for him, you know, not getting paid and like dropped a lot of wisdom on me within that time. So get, to get back to uh, what you were saying, he told me some another thing that I will never forget. And I right. love preaching this. Knowledge is free, right? Yeah. Knowledge is free. And it's also the only thing that you can't give away when you're dead. You know what I'm saying? It's you take you take knowledge. You can either take knowledge to the grave, right? Or you can go ahead and provide the world and provide people around you with value. Doesn't cost you anything, and it shouldn't cost them anything. But you right. know, sometimes you know, if you're a good teacher, and you know, I'm not mad at the people that do sell these lessons or whatever. As long as there is value, as long as the cost matches the value. At exactly. That point. As long as they talk and talk and walk the walk and, and yes. their shit is not bullshit. It's like, all right, bet. That's yeah. dope. But I'm more. I'm just, bro. It's the, it's the fact that so many things has happened to me and so many things has happened to my people that surround that surrounded by me. I can talk to you to our boy, um, Ricky. Do you remember Ricky from school? Uh, Mears, right? Mears, Ricky, Ricky, Mears. Ricky Mears. Yeah, yeah, I do remember him. Yeah. He, bro, I remember when we were back in school, I told him like, yo, you're going to be and I can see this in the future. You're going to be as big as Skrillex. And he was already like immediately successful while he was in school, too. I saw that. I, you know, I saw that growth. So like, I saw that growth too, and and look where he is right now, getting Grammy nominees, no making way. music with Diplo, no way, fucking yeah, bro, he That's did awesome. he did he did a uh, the Bad Bunny look. track siempre with with Diplo. That's fire! Wow, fire! That's so cool, he man. got a plaque and everything, bro. Like wow. the guy is a fucking killing machine, and I saw him go through the process. I was Oof. right there since day one with Mike Seller, dude. That just gave me chills, dude. That's that's amazing. I love to hear that. Yeah. Shout out to our boy, Ricky, man. We love you, buddy. Yeah, but man. It, shout out to SAE, too. SAE. Bro. Yeah. They're the ones who bring us to, uh, to connect to all this stuff. But I got to give it to SAE is also part of the reason why I know some of this knowledge because of all these experiences that I try to preach out to people, you know, because Absolutely. it's, you know, back to where we were talking about, you know, about business was like, if you come out to... To someone, it's like, I can make you this, this, and that. But in reality, you're not gaining anything. It's, in fact, like, 
they're getting a lot and you're getting nothing. Like, why should I make business with you if I'm not getting anything? And mm -hmm. the best way to approach someone is like, here, let me offer you something without expecting anything. Exactly. And I, that's exactly what I did for when I worked for Life in Color and Ultra as a promoter. They say that they can't promise me that I was going to DJ in any of those festivals. They can't promise. That was like, we can't promise you this. Okay. So, but if you do the work, you do the work. All right, cool. And I'm like, all right, bet. A lot like, of okay, it might turn into something. It might turn into something. You know what? I went on debt. I'm, I'm in my, I went on credit card debt, on savings account, all because I, I wasn't getting paid to promote. It was more of a exposure. And if you do the job, you know, we'll recognize your hard work and we'll, we'll do something. I was right. looking at the long game, the long right. game. Right. So I promoted like hours. I spent gas money. I spent food. I spent car payments. I, I like, you name it, bro. Like, I went to universities, bro. I went to fucking um, beach places, clubs. I'm not even into a club person. And yet I went there to show my presence and not expecting nothing. I don't want, I never expected anything. I didn't ask for anybody for nothing. I just told, you know, the main promoters, like, this is my goal. This is what I'm trying to get to. Oof, I like that. You stated your goals. Yeah, I stated my goals. I say like, I want to play in Life in Color. I want to play in this other festival. I want to I want to play in this show. I want to do it. And I went and I killed it myself. At the end of this, I ended up playing at, a sh at Life in Color and other festivals and other shows. In fact, the first show that I did was a huge show opening up for Yellow Claw, which happens to be one of the biggest um, EDM trap DJs. Let's go. And Let's I, go, bro. bro. All, all of that sacrifice without getting one penny in, in return. And I killed myself other day. And you know what those people for Life of Color did? Not only did they actually, you know, gave me the spotlight, they gave me the promotion. They put my name out there. They put me on the lineup to let everybody know, like, this is the rest of the lineup for all these artists that are performing. They put me on Hell the yeah. stage. Hell they yeah. also compensate me by giving me 10 free tickets that I can do whatever the fuck I want. Each ticket was $100. Sell it $100. Sell it right. $120. Get your money right. back. Get something in return. Here's yeah. your artwork. Get man. all the profit you want. Or give it away to the 10 people that you know are going to rock out for exactly. you. Exactly. And bring an energy to that club that you need being somebody that nobody knows. Exactly. And that's exactly what I did, bro. I worked <laughs> my ass up without expecting nothing. In fact, there was this was the biggest launch shot ever because I was going to credit card debt and tipping my savings account just to make ends meet. Just so, you know, I can travel my car to these certain places to show them like how hungry I really am, bro. Yep. And when I started hitting the 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 scene. And then starting making music. All right. Like, how do I approach to these labels? Like, because let's uh -huh. face it, bro. When you're when you're working with labels, like the labels don't know who the fuck you are. So right. how do you approach them? How do you approach in a certain way that, you know, they could take a look at you? Back then it was right. easy. Back then it was more like, hey, I noticed that you guys do a lot of music uh, for this genre and so and so. Um, I noticed you've never done a, a vocal sample or a vocal pack. Let me do a vocal pack for you guys for free. No extra cost. All I ask is, you know, you know, just put me as a credit. Give me the credit. Okay. And that's it. And I got these other songs. If you guys are interested, you know, you can release it. If not, that's fine. But here's my vocal pack to you guys. And it's going to be slap under your name. Dope. Dope. And okay. that's exactly what I did. And these labels were like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. 
Okay, what you got? Here's some of my sons. And that came back full circle to what we were talking about before as far as bringing something to the table. Bring something to the table. How many How many people are out here looking for a record deal when literally like with nothing to bring to the table, mm-hmm. you know? like and, and you know this as well as I do that labels nowadays aren't even looking at you unless you got 10,000, 20,000 people Boom. looking at you. Boom. They're not looking at you because... You haven't figured out how to make people care about you yet. You haven't figured out how to create exactly. a fan. Exactly. And they don't want to do that anymore. They don't, don't want to cr- create a no, fan base for you. No, they, wanna, they, they don't, they don't want to do the hard work. Like no. they want somebody that's already done. Like they want yeah. somebody that's like, you get the whole package. Perfect. Boom. Let's let's ship it just like Here, it is. Here's some money to do it better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's what it is at the end of the day. You should be looking for an investment. You don't need a record label. You you do distribution by yourself. Exactly. And you, you can or you do just, it. Or you just get a distribution deal. Yeah. You could, you could do marketing by yourself, or you could go ahead and just hire somebody to do your marketing. You know, but you don't need a record deal, which used to encompass all of that. Mm-hmm. Which is why something that last episode, oh my God, I got I got somebody who was like strongly against of what I was saying because the title of the episode was plain and simple. Stop sending demos to labels. And I give an I give basically a 30 minute to 40 minute talk to myself, explaining yeah. the situations of why it doesn't work anymore. Like, granted, right. there's there's a few labels, and I did say that at the beginning, there's a few labels. That they fuck with the community, that they fuck with people, that they like, all right, we want to hear new shit. We want to hear new people. We want to experience new shit. Let, let's see what you do. And they do these little competitions and whatnot to see, like, holy shit, that right. this, 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 this guy's good. Maybe we can do something about it, you know? Right. And, and then I said, the, the majority of them, scumbags. ARRs are the worst. Like dealing with them, like a lot of a lot. I say a lot of shit, and the shit that I was saying is I backed it up with facts. Like I did myself my own social experiment. I also talked with some people that work in the label industry. I talked with people who were ARRs at that time, and these were stories that they were telling me. Like just like you said, people do do not look at you for your music. They don't give a shit. They'll just look at the email. Like ah eh, okay, let me see your social media pool. You don't gotta. Your social media is weak. Like, I don't see us benefiting. Like, we'll pass. That's what they, that's what I said. I said it very clearly. Like, dude, in today's world, it's all about social media. Like, social media is now Mm -hmm. part of the package, unfortunately. Even though, even though you may be more talented than fucking Justin Bieber. Right. You could be as talented or more than him. They will still not look at you because of your social media presence. If you you don't have a social media presence. I mean, let's keep it real. Why why should I invest myself in time with you? Like, what do you, what do you, what do we gain in this? What do you gain in this? Yes. Obviously. Is this an even exchange? Are you bringing something to the table? Exactly. Because, because the way that labels are seen and in today's world is like, all right, I see this guy popping. Let's see if we can bring him over here and have his people look at ours, our music. And now we got more people looking at our music. And how do we do that? Simply, let's just release a song from from this guy. Release it. Hey, we find it dope. You know, let's release it. Boom. And now, now his traffic, his traffic is now also going to to the label's traffic. Right, bro. I give right. that brief explanation, and also at the end, I let I let everybody know. If you still want to send music to these people, even though you shouldn't, you're better off releasing independently and let the labels look at you. Yeah. Okay, then here are some ways. Network, which 
exactly what I mentioned before. Network. Right. Or talk to some of these artists that are within the label. Like send them some songs. Let them ask them for feedback. Don't ask for collaboration. Don't ask for any business. Right. Just ask them right. for be polite. Ask them for feedback. Hey, what can I do better for this? Like, how can I do this better? Uh, you know, I got inspiration by you. You know, you're a cool producer, blah, 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 blah. You, I guarantee you a lot of these EDM artists will listen to it. And they will. And if they fuck with it, if the music is good, it's good. They'll fuck with, with you, it. Bro? And they I will need to play do that it. More. And they will play it. And then that's where all these la labels and ARs will be like, holy shit, did you make that song? No, bro. This kid hit me up. And that's exactly how it works. See, I gave up that big piece of juicy information out there so my so my people can learn from this. A wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. Love that. I try to I'm trying to be the wiser man in this case, but I want my people, my people that are following me and listening to be wiser men than me. I oh, yeah. want them to take whatever happens here, bro. Apply to it on your real life scenarios and go fucking kill it. Do you believe that I had one person who happens to be a fan of mine who disagreed the whole concept that I mentioned on that episode? All because he says, like, I disagree with you. I Even though I had a few experiences like that, but I had the complete opposite. It's because of my demo submission. I got booked. I got DJ requests. I got record releases. And I'm like, okay, but there's not more. There's more than one way to do it. Right. At the end of the day, not everybody, not everybody gets that quick lucky break off rip, you know. And you know, a lot of times I would say that if you do get that quick break, you don't appreciate it the same way. Because why would you be negative towards another human being giving out knowledge that could be useful to somebody else? It might not right. be useful to you. Why disagree though? And and that and that was another thing that blew my mind. It's like, why would you say that when your situation was just like I explained at the end, like. You literally went send music to these artists and the artists sent it to the label and the label now look at you. Oh, like, so he confirmed what you were already saying. Yeah. And and, and it blew my mind when he said that like, well, he disagreed the whole thing. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Like, bro, this was your situation as well. Like you had this experience. Like none of the labels fuck with you yep. until you start sending music to these artists and now the artists fuck with you. The labels fuck with you. And also... Now that the art labels look at you, they see your social media and you have a strong social media presence. Yes. That you have that social yes. media presence. So obviously the label wants some of that. I explained that to it. And the one thing that you said to me right now, the the like you're you were lucky enough and not everybody gets to be that lucky. Right. I said the same thing. I said to us like you 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 may be the exception. But the exception is not the rule, meaning that meaning that you were lucky like we, enough. You were lucky enough to get it. But other people around the world who are more talented than you don't have that same luck. Yep. Yep. So it was just wild to me that I saw that comment from him. That, and I was like, really? I mean, Out of all people? Like, listen, bro, like, the Internet. He's not a person. He is the Internet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He is the Internet because the Internet loves to argue. And that's all it comes down to, man. There's just a certain type of person that, you know, I don't know, man, they must not have a lot going on for them in their life that they have enough time and energy to expect to expel on Internet, on the mm. Internet, because yeah. he's not even talking to you. He don't know you. Does he know you personally? I mean, not on the personal level, but he's been exactly. on my show. He's been on my show. Okay, but he, I mean, he knows his his manager happens to be my former manager and we're still buddies. I have no ill 
ill fits no. about okay, to okay. say about him or or him in particular. So I got so, nothing against him. It's just like I'll try to educate him. Right, right, right. So, you know, like without saying anything negative directly towards him, because I don't know him either. My yeah. point is, is like he it's that mentality is it's it's like a subsection of the internet, bro. Mm. You got to expect that twenty percent to fifty percent of y your of the feedback that comes from the internet is going to be negative. Mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> Who fucking knows? I, I, don't man? Know. I don't know. I don't Who fucking, know. But you know, you just got to accept it. It's yeah. like you just, just got to know. Not everybody's gonna you know want to like you. I agree. And people and people I have people who are haters to me, so it's like yeah. I, I'm and, used to it. And, and people just need to hate, you yeah. know? People and, just need to hate. I'm sure there's a lot of things that I talk shit about, but I don't take the time to go talk shit on the internet nah. about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just talk shit to my friends. You know, if I don't like a song or, you know, I don't like a movie, I'm going to talk shit about the movie. But I don't go on the fucking movies, uh, Instagram, and start commenting on how bad that movie was. Right. And just I don't go, have time for yeah. that. I'll just, just tell go, my friend, yo, the movie sucked. Yeah, bro. Like... It, and that's why I was just shocked and surprised. Like, really, out of all people, you, you went like and on a back and forth with me. I'm like, all right, you know what? I, at one point, I was like, you know, it is what it is. Whatever. Okay. Apparently, you know more than me because you've been in this game for two years. I've been here for a decade. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Listen, like, debate is, de some people love debate and debate is fun, you know? And sometimes, you know, you, you, you just, it's just for the sake of it. So, like you said, that's your that's your boy. So maybe he was just in the mood. Well, to he, he he's not my boy, boy. He's 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 my he's one of my boys' boy. That's cool. It's somebody so, that you ain't got a problem with. It's yeah. someone that I don't have a problem with. And yeah. I don't, and like I said, oh, I don't so have cool. a problem with him either directly. And he could be and he like I said, he's a fan of the show, and he can listen to this. And I don't care. Like you yeah, know yeah. how I am. You I, know I see, what I preach. Like I can see there's no ill will. Yeah, man. No, there's nothing ill. I'm just trying it, to... It's a specific... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just Which, trying to educate you and I'm trying to educate others because I've been having that mentality before once, you know, like, oh, it didn't happen to me. But again, it, because it didn't happen to me, it doesn't mean it won't happen to him or to right. someone else, you know? It, so it you got to be a little bit... Else. Yeah, especially if you're new to the industry. Like, bro, how many... Fuck shitty shits that we know about the industry before school and after school. Yeah, man. And, you know, all the myths and shit that, you you know, that people generally know are probably all true, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, sh the other day I just I posted another episode. Well, yeah, I posted another episode about how the music awards are rigged, like the Grammys. OK, like not many people know that the Grammys are rigged and everybody's like throw that conspiracy shit. Oh yeah, the Grammys are uh, are rigged, you know, because because certain artists didn't win it and so and so. But the truth is, it it actually is rigged. And the fin the the funny thing is, the way I know about it is because I used to be a member of the Grammys. Okay, you you remember um like in the last year of our module, the last module of us when they were having all these um all these uh job fairs coming over to the yes. to the school. One of them happens to be the Grammy. They weren't offering a job at the Grammys. They were just saying that hey, you could be a member for fifty dollars a year. You could be a member and okay. gives I you the rights to vote on songs or whatever songs. You know what? I remember that. I remember that. You remember yeah. that. So basically, the long story short, the people don't vote for the Grammys. It's people who are within the Grammys, who are members, vote for songs. Basically, if I put the perfect example, The Weeknd, which is wild to me that The Weeknd didn't want any Grammy this year, which is wild mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. 
he submitted it. He put it on time, you know, and he put it on the certain right categories and shit and whatnot. Mm -hmm. What happens is that when you put it as those songs and those certain categories, it goes down to everybody who is a member and okay. people who know the the weekend and they see the project. It's like, oh, yeah, I fuck with the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to like I vote for him. But the people who don't work in that area or that expertise or don't know who the weekend is. In fact, they may think that the weekend is like, oh, probably a party in the weekend. Vote. And when they see the weekend and other names, they're not going to know who the weekend is. And they see someone that, that they recognize is like, oh, yeah. I know this one. I'll vote for him. That's how yeah. the fucking Grammys are so rigged and so fucked because they give the instead of giving the the votes to people who are within that realm. Listen, right. If the weekend is in the it could be anybody. Yeah, it could be, it could be anybody. anybody it, voting. It could be anybody. So, so does it work as as a like direct democracy in the sense of like you know vote your vote is weighed weighed the same way that someone who's actually on the board of the Grammys would, you know what I'm saying? Like, ah, is it like an electoral college or see, you know what it's, I'm saying? It's kind of like an electoral college type deal. Like you get your popular votes from within the Grammy members. Right. And okay. then it reaches to the electoral part. And then the, the, the people who are on the board, they'll see it and then they'll be like, they ultimately decide anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, okay. that's how the Grammys work, bro. Like, yeah, for sure. And people are gonna, gonna see that. Hey, people are gonna, again. People are gonna come to me. It's like Wolfson is crazy. He has his tinfoil hat again. You know, holy shit, conspiracy theory. Wolfson, here we go. It's like, nah, be. I've been a member. I know how it works. I've talked to people who are women. The words. I've been on studio sessions in which I was working on a on a hip hop beats with other people as an engineer. And I heard people fucking with other people who were from salsa and bachata. And they were talking about like, we need to put more salsa and bachata into the charts. Yeah, but we, we all have to vote for that. Like, yeah, well, I'll let everybody know to vote for that. I'm like, see, like, see, like, yeah, all, and then, it, and yeah. all it takes is a group of people that know each other. That group, and people may see that the music industry is big, but it, when you step back, it's like this small, like everybody knows everybody. Like, Right. All you need heard, is one person that knows 20 other persons. I heard Russ in an interview, uh, I believe was recently. Yeah. He, he said he's like, uh, he's like, yo, like pretty much I don't I don't need a label because a label is the all they are is the middleman to get to like four channels, four people that you need to know. And if you know these people, you can get your songs played everywhere that it matters. Mm hmm. You know, he's like, I know those four people, so I'm good. I don't need that. I don't need a middleman. I know them right. personally. And I'm over here like, I need to find out who these people are. And second of all, bro, <laughs> so gangster. Russ is so gangster, bro. Oh, I, I love I, Russ, man. I respect so much because at the end of the day, he's not just, uh, he's not just always talking about his success and accomplishments. He's telling you how he got there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's giving you the breadcrumbs the entire fucking time. Like, yo, y'all can do this yourselves. Literally, he does everything himself, and I I respect that, and that's what I that's what I try to do for myself. I feel like I've always been that type of person mm -hmm. to just learn as many trades as I needed to, as many crafts in order mm -hmm. to keep pushing myself forward in the direction that I want to go career wise. So I taught myself how to record and mix when I was fourteen years old. Mm. You know, I had audacity, a free program, or maybe it wasn't free, and I just cracked it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was and, free. It was free. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
I had audacity. I started to learn how to how to record and mix. Mm. On the, moved on to you know getting uh uh FL Studios or back then it was Fruity Loops. Oof, the Fruity Loop know? days, yeah. The Fruity Loop days, you know. Do, uh, and then getting Pro Tools, and then just mm -hmm. falling in love with Pro Tools. You know, and I don't know why I did, but I fell in love with the process of recording. And I always, you know, so I taught myself how to write songs first. Then I taught myself how to record. Then I taught myself how to mix. And that that, that mixing process, I'm still learning every day. Every, I every agree. Time I, every time I mix a song, I learn something new because I always encounter a different problem that I need to figure out how to solve. So, you know, moving on though, I, you know, taught myself how to mix. Then, you know, I taught myself how to cut up videos. How, so now, you know, mm -hmm. I can create my own content the same way that you do. You have mm -hmm. to create this content. Mm -hmm. You just hit 100 subscribers. Congratulations, bro. That shit is not easy. Thank that you. Takes a that takes a lot of consistency. Yeah. That takes a lot of marketing and, and just, you know, believing in the process. Yep. So I congratulate you on that, bro. Thank you. Keep, Thank you. Keep that shit moving. Keep that shit pushing and keep asking people to subscribe because they will. Absolutely. I will never stop asking, bro. Like, keep yeah. subscribing, bro, because I'm giving this content for free, basically. And and you're absolutely right, bro. At first, you know, you start to learn how to how fins work. And then as time goes by, you start to pick up little new fins here and there to make your podcast a much more better. And yeah. you can see from the beginning how my podcast was has grown. Mm -hmm. to where it is right now like right mm -hmm. now i'm so proud like obviously you don't see it from the, from the zoo but when you see the episode you see the the whole progress from behind right. me before i didn't have any lights before it was just my bed my two beds that are right there behind right. me you know i didn't have anything else and as the podcast grow a, little by little i started to put stuff in the walls i started to put more stuff in them i started to nice. put lights more lighting nice. have a sub bites yeah Better mics, better yeah. audio interfaces, you know, better webcam. I, right. I don't have a, a DSLR camera like a Canon Sony camera. I would like yeah. to have one, but I have a webcam that shoots 4K and costs way less than a camera and does almost the exact same thing as a camera. And it's way more functional. And it's way more functional. There's way more you, you're going to get out of that. Yeah. You know? And I had to learn how to how to edit videos. I had to because if yep. because I'm not I'm not gonna spend money on somebody who can do it for me when I can actually do it myself. If I already know how to edit myself my own audio clips, why can I do the videos videos as well? And I had right. to learn how to use Premiere. Had to use Boom. learn, especially the the thumbnails, bro. I've what? never uh, oh thumbnails. Yeah, the thumbnails like the promo. Uh, the promo pics that I got to put up for the artwork. Do that show yourself. Yeah, I had to learn how to use Good Photoshop. Shit. I had Good to learn how to... And then now that's what I what I'm know, talking about. I just that's... put stuff and that's it. Now everything makes sense. And now we yeah. got this business running, you know? Yeah. And it's... And it's and, and, and like, you you either got time or you got money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you, you don't have money to be spending on something that you can learn yourself. Yeah. But you got the time, right? You know? I so, agree. So if you don't have time to do something, then yeah, you can pay somebody else to do it. Cause like I don't edit my own music. I can edit a lot of content, mm -hmm. you know, very well. I feel like I'm very good at video editing because I put time and I, I, you know, I'm a fan of all the arts. So like I see that as an art. I love film, you know. So I, I but I don't edit my own music videos because I know people that do it better. You know, I got friends that do it better. And for you know, and like 
like like we could come back to there's a lot I bring to the table to te- to mm. them as well so right. a lot of a lot of stuff could be trade off but at the same time I'm also the type of person to pay my friends to do things like if I'm going to hire you to pay to do my music video you're right. going to get a deposit the first day from me yes you know and I'm going to pay you in full before you you know what I'm saying right when you're finishing so like like I I make sure that my friends get paid you know, their value too. And they'll be like, ah, you know, for you, I could do it. I'll be like, nah, man, what's your price? You know, sometimes I'll do, I'll hit them with that. Like, you know, don't, don't hit me with the hookup, hit me with the full price. I'm coming to you, not because you're my friend. I'm coming to you because I respect what you do, the quality of work that you do. I want to, I want that. I don't want a hookup. I want your, uh, your work, you know? So, yeah, you know, I feel, I feel like that's, that's what it's about, man. And so, you know, like I said, there's certain things you could definitely learn, do on your own and certain things that you're just like, you know what? Like I, I can, I can respect how, for example, you know, all the people that I work with to do my music videos, I can respect how they work because mm-hmm. I know what it takes to edit videos. Yeah. I know how hard it is to make it look as good as they made it look. Yep. And I respect their opinions on things. I res- you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't say, Hey man, I don't like the video when they give me the first draft. I'll be like, Yo, love it. It's fire. Love the direction you took. I would change if you could do me a favor, change this part, change and be very specific about the things yes. that I want different. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people like, you know, like I get I give somebody a mix on one of their songs and be like, bro, I don't I don't like how it sounds. And I'll be like, Okay. So give, give, like, me, give me give more, me something to work with. Yeah. yeah. Like, give me like, do you have a reference? Yeah, give me a reference song. Yeah. You know, t- t- tell me you want your vocals to sound like, you know, this artist and you want the beat to hit like like the way this song hits, you know, with mm. that type of bass, you know, whatever it is. Give me a little reference to, and you know, it's yeah. cool. But like, but like, yeah, I, it's it's that not if when you don't know how that skill works, if you don't know what it takes to edit videos, if you don't know how what if you don't know anything about editing videos, if you don't know anything about mixing recording, if you don't know anything about graphic design, then you should just hire people or work with people that you like what they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or let me get, actually, the point I was going to make, if you don't know anything about these skills, then you're not going to be able to give that person direction mm. on what you want to do That's actually it. pretty good. Yeah. So you might learn all these skills and be just a little bit good but if you know a little bit about everything you can actually give good feedback you can you know like i like i don't master tracks i mix and i'm mm-hmm. a great recording and mixing engineer i'm very good and i keep getting better but i would never try to master songs you know and i got a friend slim rock who's another genius minded engineer that you know, I we like the same way me and you could sit here and talk about like EQ and compression, right. and, you know, you know, get yeah. get deep into like actual like engineer talk. I, I I do that with Slim Rock and, you know, we see at the same level and we both have little to no ego. So if there's something that I need to change in the mix before he can master it, I'll change it. If he gives me back a master and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you know, the bass is a little too loud or whatever, what might be, maybe, you know, I'll give him suggestion on what he can do on his end. Yeah. And, you know, since I only know a little bit about mastering, you know, me too. I feel like I skipped that master class back in school, bro. Yeah. Like I only know a little bit and, you know, and I believe that you can't master your own tracks. No, I, I'm a firm believer to that too, especially 
coming from an EDM, uh, EDM perspective because a lot of us were supposed to be the producer, the mixing, and master engineer. Right, right. It's, which it's is expected in that genre for expected sure. Expected for that genre because because the production in EDM comes ninety percent from the mixing. Exactly, exactly. The automation and you know, like EDM is a crazy genre that I would I don't I I wouldn't know where to start when it comes to mixing. You know, oh, I, no, like I yeah. said, I specialize in hip hop, R and B, reggaeton. You know, I could do I could do pop, but. If I was gonna do EDM, I'm like, dog, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. No, it's, bro, I, I, it, it's it's definitely hard. That's why I stick to myself with mid scene, and I don't even master my own tracks. In fact, let me put it this way, and spoiler alert for everybody who doesn't know about this about me and my music, but every song of mine is mixed very, very, very good, good enough that it doesn't feel like you actually need to master it. Because the way the way we look at things is like if it sounds good, why mess with it? Okay. Because if it like it doesn't matter if it's clipping or not. That's a, that's something that I learned as a, as an EDM artist because mm. I, as in school we're like no clipping is like voodoo. It's like no no the <laughs> devil is shit. Like we can't let yeah. that happen. But in Ooh. EDM, it's uh -huh. okay for us to clip a little bit as long as it doesn't sound like it's distorted. That's the okay. key. If it doesn't sound distorted and if it sounds good, you don't really need to master it. But the mitts in itself, just mitts. If it's mit, if the mitts is on point and it's good and it sounds loud enough, it sounds good enough that you can hear every little detail out of it. Don't master it, bro. I know plenty of artists who are way bigger than me, like touring level artists who are thousands and thousands of followers that I know them personally that they don't master their own tracks. And their shit sounds like it was mastered. You know, you know what the thing is about mastering, though, is that a mastering engineer is a mixing engineer giving you a second opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a second set of ears, mm -hmm. you know, so that's why I like I've seen it, you know, from my mentor and others that when they got a mastering engineer that they trust and mm -hmm. work well with. They stick to that person. That becomes their, their guy, you know? Yeah. And it's not because they're getting a hookup necessarily on the price. But right. it's like, this person is going to take my track to the next level that I can't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I made this track sound amazing, you know? And then I get it back from him and I'm like, oh, you just took it next level. Fire. Okay. That's what I needed. I didn't even realize that's what I needed. What's going on, everyone? If you guys made it all the way to the end of the episode and you feel kind of left out, like why didn't the episode finish? Like, don't worry, guys. It's okay. The episode was way too big for me to put it in just one episode that I had to divide the episode because there was so many good content and so many good topics and discussions that it cannot be discussed under one episode, but had to divide it so we can always have brand new episodes with brand new topics every Friday. Always remember that. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course, the YouTube channel at lonewolfpod.com that's right lonewolfpod.com where you can check all my latest episodes and always remember to comment down below let me hear your thoughts share your experiences if you guys got a certain topic that you want me to cover for the next episode please let me know on the comments down below and i'll do my best to do so so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one Deuces.